Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the Internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. Well, hi, I'm Jonathan Frakes. I'm filling in for Monty Khan this week on Domain Masters here on WebmasterRadio.fm. Monty's traveling, so he asked me to go ahead and fill in for him. And I'll tell you a little bit about myself, and I'll tell you a little bit about our guest. Um, fill you in on some of this week's domain sales that have occurred. Uh, we've got some good six-figure transactions that happened over at uh, dnjournal.com. So, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I've been doing the domain name industry since about 1993. I've run a few uh, CCTLDs, uh, worked for uh, VeriSign for a block of years. Um, currently, the uh, vice president of business development at Name Intelligence. You'd recognize us for the whois.sc domain name. Uh, we operate a big uh, whois lookup portal, uh, some name spinning. And one of the things I'll talk just briefly about in this session on Domain Masters, the Domain Roundtable Conference is something that I work to promote uh, and, uh, and put together. And we've got another one of these coming up here in April. After the break, I'll be bringing in Anthony Vancouvering, whose friend who uh, also has uh, got a great deal of experience here in the domain name industry. And he'll be talking a bit about uh, some of uh, what he's seen in his uh, tenure here uh, in the domain name industry. And then he'll be talking a bit about a company called Names at Work that he's working on uh, building. So we'll get right back to that uh, coming up here. Just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, ICANN. A lot of us who are in the domain industry were up at the ICANN conference in Vancouver this past week, and it was a pretty exciting set of sessions in the uh, open comment period. There's a little, quite a bit of buzz about the current uh, ICANN VeriSign discussion surrounding .com. That got pretty lively. 
there was an uh, interesting company kind of group there working on a community project called ICANN Wiki to kind of bring faces to names and let people interact and share information about ICANN. Uh, today is a very big day because today marks the sunrise launch of the .eu top-level domain, and there was a bit of discussion about that. And as, as always, there was a lot of buzz about the Domain Roundtable Conference and what we'll be doing coming up in April. So let me get to the domain name journal, uh, the dnjournal.com, Ron Jackson's site, where he aggregates some of the top sales. And in the top 20 sales for the week uh, in the domain names, had a pretty red-hot week here after Thanksgiving. We had uh, two six-figure transactions for myblog.com, and Sofa.com, uh, coming in at 400K and 200K, respectively. Also in the top 20, we saw some uh, three different uh, typo variant domains, and we also saw two CCTLDs and one .info in there. So we're seeing a lot of variety in the top 20 for uh, the week after Thanksgiving. Well, right here after the break, we'll come back in with Anthony Vancouvering of Names at Work, and uh, he and I will spend a little time talking about... Uh, what we saw at ICANN, and then we'll talk a bit about CCTLDs, if you're interested in CCTLDs. You can catch us online and the IRC chat if you go to webmasterradio.fm at the IRC or at irc.webmasterradio.fm in the uh, Pound Webmaster Radio uh, group. So coming up after the break, we'll have Anthony Vancouvering, and if you have questions, as always, go ahead and uh, bring them into the, uh, the uh, comment section over on the IRC chat. We'll talk to you in a minute. 60-day free advertising trial on the best of the web directory. That's BOTW.org, the Internet's oldest directory since 1994. We know what you want, and we've got what you need. And hey, if you can get some free online advertising in this world with no strings attached, feel us up. I, I, I mean, feel free to take advantage of this extraordinary offer and start your no-risk 60-day free online advertising trial today. Best of the web. BOTW.org. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. Com. More than a name. Okay, welcome back to Domain Masters. I'm Jonathan Frakes. 
Uh, Monty is out traveling, but we are going to be uh, uh, just fine doing Domain Masters because uh, I've uh, been a long-time listener, and uh, Monty contacted me to uh, step in for him and do a guest spot here, and I think, uh, you know, I was delighted at the opportunity to do it. And so what, I, uh, what I've got uh, for you this week, uh, I've got an opportunity to talk with somebody who I have a great deal of respect for, in the industry, who's been around with uh, CCTLDs and uh, corporate naming and been around the industry for quite some time. I'll go ahead and let him talk a bit about himself. Uh, Anthony Vancouvering is joining us from Names at Work. Anthony, are you on with us? Hi, Jonathan. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for joining us on Domain Master on uh, Webmaster Radio here. I think you're doing a great job. You have a new future. Um, thanks for the intro. I've just started a company called uh, Names at Work, which is an Internet marketing company, and the idea behind it is that um, there are three ways that people are finding their customers, or more to the point, the customers are finding them. And two of them you're probably familiar with, which are search engines and blogs, but um, I think domain names have a great deal uh a uh, great role to play in that, and um, this company is treating domain names really as just keywords. They're another thing that people type to find uh, what they're looking for. And at the ICANN conference, which we both attended, I did an unofficial poll of all the people whose business cards I collected and asked them what percentage of traffic on the web comes from typed-in words. And I think it's about 15 to 20 percent, which is a which is a big proportion. So um, that's what I'm doing now. I've just launched a couple of weeks ago, and I have a blog too, which is a lot of fun at namesatwork.com/blog. And I'll I'll put that up on the uh, the conference here uh, so that they can find the uh, the blog there. Now, tell us a little bit more about. Uh, yourself and kind of your background in the domain industry? Well, let's see. I have, a, I have a mug here that I'm staring at from BBSCon 1995 in Tampa, Florida. So I know I've been around that long. Um, that was a little bit before the web, I think. And um, I've uh, been working a long time with CCTLDs and more specifically with uh, large companies and their domain portfolios and their worldwide operations and how they deal with their brands and their intellectual property on the Internet around the world. So for a long time, I, I started a company called NetNames USA and another one called Name Engine, both of which I sold. And both those did pretty much the same things, which was to help... Um, Big companies figure out, figure out what the landscape was like out there and what they ought to do to protect their names and what they ought to do when somebody took their name. So uh, what are some trends that you're seeing in the corporate name use? Like, uh, you know, typically uh, domain industry seems to be uh, uh, something that, uh, what is it, the marketing department, the legal department, and often the IT group within a side of a large corporation touches. Well, what, it depends on the company. On I mean, the this all began in the IT department when domain names were just, a, you know, a kind of IP address, and then it 
moved over into the legal department where when people began to see domain names as an analog to trademarks and increasingly it's moving over to the marketing department where people are seeing them as ways to to drive traffic it's mostly in the legal department and the trend i've seen over the last few years is that unlike uh, when this first sort of came on the scene for companies and they began to register everything they could get their hands on as the only effective way to prevent other people from getting it. Now they seem to be cutting back on their portfolios as we have things like the UDRP and laws in different countries which allow them to uh, take back names that they, they, that they uh, rightfully own. So I think now, though, that with domain names being treated more and more as marketing assets, I think you'll see some of those large companies' portfolios increase again. Now, uh, you touched a little bit on CCTLDs, and I, I think it's worthwhile to, to let the listeners uh, and people who are uh, participating in this webcast uh, know a little bit about some of your background with um, CCTLDs. Now, how many CCTLDs have you been involved in? Because and, and, uh, I remember you were involved in the, uh, the early stages of, what, .pw, .as, yeah, well, in the early days, not all the CCTLDs were actually delegated yet. And what you had to do is you had to fill in a little email template like you used to have to do for .coms, and you sent it off to John Postel at IANA. And it was just like a domain name form. You had to put in your name and uh, name of an admin contact and name of a tech contact and a billing contact, although there was no charge. And the only rule was that the admin contact had to be from the place that the domain was. So what I did um, in a few cases was find uh, somebody or they would find me um, from a particular place and we'd send in the application and I would effectively do the, you know, some of the policy development and the marketing and the technical stuff and the administrative contact would be there on the ground in the country and handle that side of it, which sometimes was significant and sometimes not. So that I did in uh, TM, which is Turkmenistan, and AS, which is American Samoa, and BT, which is Bhutan, and PW, which is Palau. And I also ran name servers for... Um, countries that just didn't have any technical infrastructure, then uh, I just did that as a favor. So um, uh, that was Montserrat and uh, Libya. So, you know, I, I, and I was also involved in, in the pre-ICANN thing called the uh, GTLD MOU, and I was actually chair of the meeting that set up the... Um, DNSO, now called the GNSO, which is the General Assembly of ICANN. So I've been involved in Internet governance things of various kinds for quite a while. Now, you, uh, we got an opportunity to talk a little bit about things at the ICANN conference, and, you, you know, I touched a little bit on that at the beginning of the, uh, the webcast, mm -hmm. where, we, you know, there were discussions on, uh, on the, uh, the VeriSign uh, uh, ICANN settlements and, uh, you know, people talking about uh, some of the CCTLDs, some of the, the GTLDs. Um, did you, uh, there was one thing that really struck me, which was uh, what, uh, Ray King from SnapNames is doing with the ICANN wiki. Oh, it's a great idea, and it's, it's um, you know, ICANN has been um, 
been accused of not being quite as transparent as their charter would suggest, and they've always said things like, it's on the website. And this has often been compared in the past to the, uh, the sign that the Vogons put up on uh, Neptune in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which said, you know, we're building a road here, and we're going to destroy the Earth in 50 years. You know, If anyone had gone out to Neptune and looked at it, they would have seen it. So the ICANN website does have a lot on it, but sometimes it's really hard to find. And the wiki software that Ray King has put together is terrific because you're going to find many of the players there and their bios and links to their companies. Um, there's a nice glossary of terms. Um, it's very, very useful, and I really congratulate Ray for putting that together. It's a, it's a great thing. Well, Ray, Ray played, a, played a, a very helpful role in... Um in putting that together, and uh, you know, I saw a lot of uh, sort of a mixture between that and the domain roundtable and what we were doing to kind of converge the worlds. Um, now, you were out at the domain roundtable. In fact, we were on a couple panels together. Right now, I, uh, you know, as far as the how the domain roundtable conference was uh, for an experience for you. I mean, uh, without I guess coaching you. I mean, you know, sincerely. Instead of talking it's, to the it's person, it's very difficult to coach me, John. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, it opened my eyes. I thought it was terrific. Um, I had sold my company to Verisign, and part of the deal was that I had to enter into two years of indentured servitude with them. And I'd pretty much sworn off domain names. I thought this is awful. I don't want to do any more of this. And then I came to the domain roundtable in Seattle that you hosted. And I began to see how the industry had changed. And one thing that I saw were that a lot of people in the pay-per-click industry had suddenly appeared. And I'd never seen them before. I thought they just lived in, in trailer courts in Fresno and ordered pizza and never saw the light of day. And actually, I found out that they were interesting and intelligent business people who had found a new way to deal with domains. And they... The majority of them, as far as I could see, were saying, look, we don't even want to do trademark violations. That's, you know, sure, that's a quick hit of money, but it's a huge trouble, and I'm a real businessman, and, you know, I want to live within the law and make a living like anyone else. And they actually gave me the idea for Names at Work because it occurred to me, why does a company spend a lot of money sending cease and assist letters out to people who are who are out there monetizing domains that belong to the company. Why aren't these companies registering these domains themselves and making money on them? After all, they're the best positioned people in the world to make money on their own brands. That's what their companies are set up to do. So the Domain Roundtable Conference is really uh, a terrific thing for me and a lot of a lot of pollination of ideas and set me to thinking and and uh, eventually I came up with uh, names at work and I'm you know really be, always be grateful for that experience. Well, uh, we're hoping you'll come back out again in April and I, I posted the information up in the IRC, but uh, we have the conference coming up the April 19th through the 21st and uh, you know Monty, who's normally your uh, your host here on Domain Master Radio. Uh, will be coming out. Uh, they they had a really good uh, footprint at uh, the Domain Roundtable. Really good session for for them. And uh, we're talking with them about doing an event uh, one of the evenings that uh, would impress people from uh, I think all walks of the industries. Now uh, I I heard it likened to I can minus the politics uh, plus 
uh, kind of an opportunity for domainers and search engines to get together. Would you summarize the domain roundtable like that, or? Well, I don't think there's ever an absence of politics, and the politics is in some way the juice. You know, um, there. You know, when you have people meeting together and uh, making deals with each other and talking about the politics, are are, um, are necessary. What you don't have there are governments. You don't have the you don't have the slow ponderous politics, but you had a lot of deal-making. I thought it was terrific. Well, you know, we tried to put together something that was really valuable, Uh, you know, a lot of good social scenarios, people able to enter into development deals and really work on building trust away from behind the monitor. But, you know, uh, given given some of what uh, we've both experienced in the domain industry, part of what I think people uh, tune into the Domain Masters radio show here on uh, webmasterradio.fm and listen to Monty for sort of some tips and tricks, uh, things that help them uh, kind of grow in the business. Right. And uh, so, you know, I do want to touch on those as we're talking here. And I know, you know, one thing that uh, I have to take my hat off to you, we, uh, and for maybe for people in the audience who aren't aware, uh, Anthony and I actually work at competing companies, uh, on name suggestion technology, and Name Intelligence has a name spinner product that, that they've had out for about five years. And Anthony works for a company called DomainSpot, who also has a name suggestion technology. And this is a kind of an example of what Monty refers to as coopetition, where we're doing a lot uh, to kind of build the domain industry itself, as opposed to focusing on uh, you know the fact that we're competitors. We're, we're working here sort of collaboratively to build interest and, uh, you know, grow information on the domain space and help grow it into, you know, beyond its infancy, which it's in now. So, uh, Anthony, uh, what do you think, one of the things on the books for the ICANN meeting, and I don't know that I saw a lot happening for it, uh, Overstock.com had a big footprint at the ICANN conference. They had a booth and a lot of hats. With a big Lots O on them, and, I, and I didn't know what that O meant. Of course, I got to imagining, and it meant something else than it did, big <laughs> O. But um, what they were doing was saying, well, we really ought to have one-letter domains again. Now, of course, there are only, what, 26 plus the numbers, so 36, and a few of them were registered long ago, so leaving a few. So they were basically making a big push to have, O.com, so that they could be, instead of overstock.com, they could be O.com. And uh, I thought, okay, um, interesting. Um, you know, they, they put some effort into it, and they had a few veteran lobbyists there who had suddenly become interested in their cause. So, I mean, it's good in the sense that, you know, uh, businesses who are not in the domain name industry are there and having an interest. Um, but, um, you know, I went up to them and asked them about uh, IDNs and what they were going to do about the O-umlaut and, <laughs> um, and the zero and things like that. And uh, they, they looked at me like they'd never heard of such a thing. So um, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was good. The hats were pretty. They, they did do a good job of that. And, and uh, you know, interestingly enough, at the, at the ICANN conferences, because they have such a, uh, such a mix of people, uh, I talked a lot with people who were in the intellectual property realm. Yeah. You know, I, I try to venture away from the CCNSO and, and some of the registrar and the registry meetings and listen in on what's going on in the other meetings. 
And I got a chance to meet um, uh, with some folks from the intellectual property uh, constituency and kind of talk with them. And, you know, the, the, the arbitration on internationalized domain names is something that's starting to come up, uh, and it's created a lot of opportunity for people who are creating arbitra- arbitration groups in local languages. I would imagine that it does. I mean, you have to be, I mean, it's a very complicated field technically and, and politically, and um, I can imagine that um, you would need a very specialized competency to decide um, not only if, uh, you know, the trademark, but the trademark in a different language, in a different script. Uh, you know, China it doesn't even speak Chinese. They speak about ten kinds of Chinese. So it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing, and I can imagine that there are specialized groups who are doing that. One of the well, problems with IDNs, for, from the point of view of intellectual property, is that you really can't search them. So, you know, you can search on an exact match, but you can't do anything like you can do uh, well, with your product, uh, um, where you can find uh, related names or anything like that. So it's a big issue for them, and um, I expect that we'll see a lot more uh, interest in this field in the in the coming uh, years. Well, okay. And, uh, you know, I heard an odd comment, and this is, uh, you know, I don't know, off-color or whatever, but uh, there's a uh, actually a Korean character, a character in the Korean language that is identical to a swastika. And the the, uh, the response was that French law would not that that would be illegal right. under French law. So you know we, there's some odd edge cases that IDNs bring in, big uh, big uh, big opportunity and, and interesting undiscovered territory. Well, I mean the, the the classic example. I mean the problem is the homonyms. That is to say, well they're not even they they look the same but they're different. And the classic case is the CCCP which was the old Soviet Union, USSR. It looks like CCCP to us, but in Cyrillic, it really is SSSR. And which is right? And, you know, you have to have one language that trumps the other in order to make these decisions. So IDNs work very well in the CCTLD context, where there is a language for that country. But when you put them into GTLDs, which are sort of global, it's very difficult to decide uh, who wins those kind of clashes, and the, the chance for confusion is obviously great. Well, we're, we're going to take a break right now real quick, and then when we come back, we'll be talking a little bit about some of the GTLDs that were uh, uh, at the ICANN conference, and uh, we'll clear up a couple rumors that were floating around at the ICANN conference about Moniker.com. Uh, you know, the reason that I'm doing this uh, guest hosting experience is not because uh, Moniker has changed hands. Uh, just to clear up, that was one of the big rumors floating around at the ICANN conference itself. But we'll be right back after this break. And I thank you for listening to Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm. Stick around, Anthony. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, TextLinkAds.com. 
Like the idea of gambling and winning with someone else's money? How about cashing in with the house? Sign up today with PartyPoker.com, the world's largest poker room and poker affiliate program. Cash in on one of the most lucrative and fastest growing industries for webmasters. There's $10 million paid out to webmasters every month. The world is your oyster and every hand is a winner. Wouldn't you like a slice of that pie? PartyPoker.com. Betting on the house makes you a winner every time. Contact Alex L at PartyGaming.com for a great deal. PartyPoker.com. Commercials off. Now back to Domain Masters. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Domain Masters on WebmasterRadio.fm. I'm Jonathan Frakes filling in for Monty Khan, who's out traveling. He's on a plane. And uh, I was uh, just grateful that he uh, he uh, reached out to me and uh, offered me the opportunity to guest host for him here on uh, WebmasterRadio.fm, the Domain Master Show. Um, with me is Mr. Anthony Vancouvering of Names at Work, and uh, we've been talking a little bit about sort of a recap on the uh, the ICANN conference in Vancouver. Uh, we've been talking a bit about the Domain Roundtable conference that's coming up in April, uh, the 19th through the 21st, and about Anthony's company, Names at Work. Uh, now, uh, we do, uh, we're open to questions in the chat room if there are any. Uh, we could answer almost any question about CCTLDs, I think, between the two of us. And uh, I did want to go ahead and uh, let uh, Anthony talk just a little bit more on corporate names and some of what uh, you heard at the Domain Roundtable and some of what you're experiencing with your new company, Names at Work. And uh, and then let's uh, let's talk a little bit about CCTLDs and circle back around on GTLDs. So, Anthony, tell us tell us a bit more about Names at Work. How this is a new this is a new endeavor. Yeah, it's 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 pretty new. Um, it's well, I've been think pretty much. I began working on it in June, and there's you know we have the website up, and I was at uh, one of the reasons I was at the ICANN conference was to buttonhole some people who I thought would know about the space and give them my pitch and uh, see if they thought I was insane. And the good news is that I'm sane. <laughs> and um, I have a, a lot of interest in it, and uh, people who are going to you know, run over and talk to, to their clients about it, and these are people in the registrar industry who have corporate clients. These are IP lawyers who have, um, who have uh, corporate clients. And really the pitch is very simple. Um, they have, most companies have fairly large domain name portfolios, uh, that cost them in anywhere from a hundred thousand over a million dollars a year to maintain, and it's a it's a bill that is paid by the legal department who hates it, and that's why they always hate new top level domains. For them, it's just more names they have to register. It doesn't do them a bit of good. And so what I said was, hey, these are not a legal expense. These are a marketing expense. You as brand protectors have an obligation to make sure that nobody is passing off goods using your name. But as far as the brand name is concerned, that is something that the marketing people ought to be using to drive traffic. And, in fact, they do. They're out there buying AdWords. They're out there buying all kinds of things to use their brand to drive traffic. And domain names are just another one of those. And as I said earlier, it's probably about 20% of all traffic, and they're just sitting on a, on a, a storehouse of brand equity. So that message was very, very well received, especially when I combined it with the stuff that I'm doing in the search and blog areas. And really what I'm thinking is that domain names 
Which domain names do you register? Well, you use a search engine methodology. Which, um, which keywords do you use on your site? Which AdWords do you buy? You have to know who is looking for you and what, what keywords they're using to search for you, and that determines what really you should register. And the great thing for a, a company is that they have a whole bunch of words that nobody else can touch because they're legally theirs, and these are their brands and trademarks, and so they ought to use them. And so I really got a really positive reception, and uh, I've got some projects going even right now. So it was great for me. Well, that's that's good. And, and at the uh, at the ICAN conference um, this past uh, in Luxembourg, yeah. uh, I'd, I'd been talking a bit with uh, uh, this is sort of a segue. I'd been talking a little bit about with with the guys from uh, Afternic, uh, Michael and Roger. They wouldn't uh, uh, they they had mentioned to me that they were going to have a a sale that was a seven-digit sale this year, and uh, I just got uh, it's a message from them uh, that uh, you know the name finally got published. It was fish.com coming in over a million dollars, and they're wow. actually at the top of the charts on the uh, the domain sales this year. Congratulations! They're going to have to yeah. buy me dinner next time then. Yeah, so they uh, they're listening. So uh, that's uh, kudos to you guys. That's a that's a big deal. I know uh, Monty uh, and uh, Moniker uh, do a lot with the uh, the high ticket names, and there's a lot in the uh, the aftermarket industry with the domain industry uh, that uh, was part of the domain roundtable as well. Um, you know, we had some sessions, and it kind of segues into uh, the buying and selling of domain names and the valuation. You know, it was interesting because we brought together people from search engines and people who our personal portfolio holders or people who are monetizing traffic or search engine optimizers. Uh, there were corporations who had actually recently formed uh, things, uh, you know, groups that were domain-related specifically. And, uh, and then there were groups from corporations who could definitely benefit from names at work help oh, on, yeah. uh, on promoting. But the, uh, the, the interesting thing was in, in gathering together intellectual property attorneys and uh, the domain registries and the registrars, it was actually interesting to hear in one session about buying and selling domains, uh, lawyers who were uh, talking with their clients about pragmatism in pursuing uh, infringing domain names, you know, where if, if a domain is for sale underneath the, the market value of a UDRP, right, like uh, what's the average cost? You know, it's about 1100 plus legal fees. Yeah, I think it works out something like 5K for a lot of them. Yeah. So, so if there's a domain, for example, for sale at one of the popular sites like, uh, you know, Cedo or uh, Bydomains or Afternick, that, uh, you know, sometimes an attorney might actually suggest or encourage their client to go for pragmatism over uh, passion and, uh, and go direct to the aftermarket companies. It's, it was an interesting thing to hear from intellectual property or, or even just a, a domain lawyer. Yeah, well, I think you'll hear different things. I mean, different companies take different approaches. One thing, um, one, I mean, it's not as if every domain that has, is, has a brand in it is something they're going to go after. I mean, they might not care. Um, you might have, uh, you know, Intel Corporation probably very interested in something like Intel Computer, but if they had something like, uh, you know, I don't know, Intel in the, in the middle of a 64-character domain name or... Um, you know, where the brand is actually part of another word, like intelligence. I mean, they're not going to go after you, for instance, at name intelligence. So 
I don't I'm think that just because right there's a brand in a name means that a company is interested. I think they pick their they pick their uh, they pick their battles pretty carefully nowadays. And did you see uh, as part of some of the sessions that you uh, I mean you're saying you kind of started up the company actually after the Domain Roundtable conference? Would you say that that people are you know potentially going to get ideas for their next big thing? In, in coming and taking advantage of what we're putting together? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I just haven't seen the kind of fertilization. And, you know, now I went, just went to the ICANN conference. This is almost a year later, right? And I didn't see it there either. I think that the Domain Roundtable, you know, definitely had the best mix of people from the point of view of generating new ideas um, because you really did bring together groups of people that hardly even spoke to each other except on the other side of legal papers. And actually, at the Domain Roundtable, it was very collegial, and we heard really interesting things, like a guy who was a UDRP panelist saying, well, you know, I just decided a case in favor of the, um, in favor of the guy who registered the domain because he has a legitimate business. The fact that he is running a company that buys domains and monetizes them, we recognize as legitimate business. So there was no finding of bad faith. And that's just a sea change. So, the, you know, I think that it's very good that people are talking, and maybe we can, um, in, the, in the whole battle, and I think it will always be a battle between um, intellectual property rights holders and um, people who are registering domains for uh, monetization, uh, we're going to see a great deal more of collegiality and less of the uh, fire off the cease and desist and let's go to court kind of stuff. Yeah, burn, burn every uh, burn every village. Yeah, I want my domain. Right. So, so you know, interestingly enough, uh, you know, I talk about ICANN, I talk about the Domain Roundtable Conference. The the premise for putting together the Domain Roundtable Conference was actually something from the first time you and I had met, which was. Uh, Marina Del Rey in 2000, when they were announcing, uh, you know, .info and .biz and uh, Mobi Co-op, some of the new top-level domains, right? And you know, it, it was a, it was specifically, you know, about the technical coordination. And now there were some vendors who were huddled in the hallways or were handling out literature. And you know, interestingly enough, I mean, I remember uh, Aiton Albaz and uh, Jason Liebman. You know, they're now with Google in AdSense. Right, yeah, but these were people who were outside these conferences talking to people about, you know, parking your name and, and, and doing these sorts of things. The, the meetings, the interesting things going on were not necessarily what were going on inside those conference rooms, but it was all the sidebar conversations and a lot of the social scenarios where there were people who were meeting face-to-face and kind of building trust, talking more loosely about uh, business relationships that they could develop. Absolutely. And Although, that's the whole you know, premise. There are a few I'd rather meet online than in person. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, that does happen too. You know, you, you fear you, you figure you get away from behind the monitor it's and meet in person, and it's going to be better. That's the <laughs> assumption. Um, but you know, that was the premise of putting together the Domain Roundtable Conference, and I, I certainly hope you'll be back for that. Uh, you know, circling back around, we've got this new wave of. Uh, TLDs that's come out. You know, we've got dot jobs and dot travel, right? Dot Mobi. Yep. Dot Mobi is going to be a pretty big one. They've got the uh, they mobile content. Uh, they're trying to converge a lot of the different uh, uh, development languages as part of uh, their scope, and it and it looks it looks to be something pretty big. They've got uh, Neil Edwards, uh, uh, the GM, and they're they're based out of uh, Ireland. 
Yeah, he was formerly at Verisign, so and and I I know him, and he's very competent, so I'm sure they'll do well, and they've got big backing, and um, it's one of those things that if it works properly, it'll be big. You know, it's um, it's something that uh, is going to allow people to access the domain name system and all that it has to offer on the go, and that's very that's very smart if people use it, and we'll see what their implementation is like. Well, it sounded like, uh, you know, I got an opportunity to talk with uh, uh, Michael, uh, who's the head of what's the MAG, which is one of their outreach groups uh, that kind of ties in with the policy, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, getting the technology out into people's hands. And, you know, just in talking with him, it sounded like it was, uh, it, it actually has some potential to grow legs. You know, it, it seems like it's ambitious, yet grounded, so that it, it could, in fact, work. It, was, um, it may well. Michael Listen, there's some surprising ones. I mean, the one I like is Doc. I mean, I, I like. I think is interesting is Doc Cat, which is for, um, you know, Catalonia, which is part of Spain. It's a region in Spain with strong feelings of independence, and they have their own domain name now. And uh, Amadeo Abrilli Abril, who is the person who put this together, a longtime ICANN participant was telling me that you know there's pieces, there's long pieces in the press every day there in Barcelona. And uh, it's wildly popular. Um, we don't hear about it here because we're not Catalonian. But um, I think when you have domains like that, that um, it's one thing to have a global domain which kind of interests everyone in the world. It's quite another thing to have a domain which works anywhere in the world but which generates tremendous interest locally. And I'm hoping we see more of that kind of thing, too. Well, I think, I think we will see more, more of those coming down the road. And, and I, in fact, I think... Uh, uh, there was somebody there talking about an actual city domain. Uh, well, both yeah, doing I've one actually, for New York uh, City. I've been and involved doing one in, for in one of those, Land. and I hope to uh, to be involved going forward. You know, I live in New York City. I should give you a clue uh, of what that is. And um, I know that the guys from Dot uh, Berlin were there promoting uh, Berlin as a as a, a top level domain. Dot Berlin. And what's your thoughts on Dot Berlin? Well, um, it's six letters. That's not great. Um, on the other hand, um, it's, it's a well-known capital. Um, the lo- it appears that the uh, people, I mean, when you look at that kind of thing, it, it depends a lot on the, what the local politicians think about it. And it appears that they've rounded up terrific support for that. And uh, the, the people who are promoting it, um, Alex and Kirk, I think his name is, are, are very competent. I was really impressed talking to them. So we'll see. You know, one never knows with these things. It 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 really depends. Now there's the um, what they call a PDP, which is a process development policy, um, going on in the ICANN General Council about how new top-level domain proposals should be put forward. And actually, that's just open for comment. You can comment for 20 days. So. We'll see. I mean, it could be quick, it could be slow, it may never happen, but um, I suspect it will at some point, and we may see some interesting um, top-level domains. One thing I do have to give credit to ICANN for, although they may not have done it on purpose, is to put out domains that have a chance not only of success but of failure. In other words, they're willing to experiment, and I think that's quite important. So uh, we had a comment in the uh, in the conference room about the length of TLDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, anything greater than a four-character TLD could break software. And, not, the, uh, not something I know anything about, except that we already have a museum out there, and I know travel's been approved. So um, I, I don't know. I think it, it, 
I think it might break some software, but I don't think it's going to break a majority of software. Um, ICANN has been very, very concerned about um, the number of TLDs and the kind of TLDs that might break software. This is why when ICANN was originally formed, they didn't allow the introduction of lots of new TLDs, and they uh, have always been very concerned about the technical functioning of, of TLDs. So, uh, you know, just if you had to... Uh... If you had to invent a TLD, let's say you were uh, you were uh, a business looking at the next big opportunity, would you go out there and start a TLD, or is the bigger opportunity in the uh, the registrar space, or is the bigger opportunity in in something very specific and precise like what your company is going to be bringing uh, refinement to? Well, you know, you always have to weigh the the you know one thing about being a TLD is that it's it's quite a regulated industry at this point, so. Unless you have a very good sense that you can make money inside a bureaucratic structure, uh, you'd best not go after it because you're going to have to do a lot of reporting. You're going to have a million uh, people making sure that you're doing a good job and so on and so forth. You have to um, either start a registry yourself, which is probably not recommended, or go and make an arrangement with one of the existing registries to run your back end. So there's a lot of work there. Um, and so it's it's likely to be long and a bit capital intensive and so on. Whereas, um, you know, I'm I'm starting this company effectively on my own. Um, and if you wanted to become a registrar, the costs are are somewhat less. It just depends what uh, what scale you want to operate on and and how much of a mass business you want to be. So, uh, you know, one one question in the conference room or just a comment is. Uh, you know, have we discussed uh, the uh, shelving of dot triple X? And uh, you know, I did get approached by uh, uh, Stuart Lawley of ICM Registry at the ICANN conference about uh, you know, kind of uh, where they're at. And I was well, actually you can, you can go. I mean, I wrote a post person. about this on my blog at namesatwork.com/blog, which I called "Excess Interruptus." And um, uh, quite frankly, it's appalling to me that it's been. Um, it's been uh, delayed once again, and I know uh, Stuart Lawley is it's costing him a lot of money. He keeps getting promises it's going to happen, and um, once again we run into, you know, the problem of governmental interference, which is how I see it. Uh, there are there are people who have been promoting .xxx or something like it for a long time, and when they're confronted with the reality of it, now they're now they have different ideas, and you get. You know, basically, the whole world is being held hostage by somebody or other who thinks it's immoral, even though, in fact, it's probably going to have the opposite effect. So um, I was not at all convinced by the ICANN board's uh, reasons for uh, allowing a further review, which came from the, the request came from the Governmental Advisory Committee. And I, if I were him, I'd be hopping mad, and I think a lot of people at ICANN are, uh, who participate are angry about it. There's no reason to stop it. Well, the uh, you know the the interesting part about the dot triple X was that it you know it did get delayed until decision for next year, and I think there was another TLD. It was at dot Asia that's also tabled until next year. Right. Another sort of play on the dot cat, but more of a super regional. Yeah, concept. I mean, I think it's much more like dot EU, although it's not positioned as a CCTLD, but rather as a GTLD. It's a, it's a it's a multinational regional TLD. And I think that uh, whereas .EU was pushed forward by the European CCTLDs, 
uh, which <laughs> they might later regret, um, Dot Asia is going to be facing some resistance from local CCTLDs who see it as uh, the kind of thing that might um, hurt hurt them competitively. So you know, whenever money comes into the equation, you find uh, you find strange objections to things. My so personal opinion uh, is there's no reason not to have lots of new TLDs. Um, I think that that would uh, go a long way to opening things up and allow people to experiment, and we can see actually in practice which ones work best and try, instead of trying to figure it out at, uh, beforehand. So, Anthony, any, uh, any suggestions for people who are in the domain industry or considering going into the domain industry uh, as far as tips and tricks for enhancing what they're doing? Well, you know, it's it's a, it's now a very big industry. There's lots of different pieces of it, and um, I would suggest the main thing to do is participate. Um, you know, everyone can hate ICANN. There's lots of things to hate it for, but it's a great place to go and meet people, um, understand what's going on, talk to people, make arrangements, find jobs. You should, you know, the variety of activities at ICANN is absolutely amazing. And for me, it's always been a place where I could go and try out new ideas and learn stuff. And I have to say that the Domain Roundtable, if, if I could pick one thing to do, it would be show up there in Seattle and uh, look around at the people. They're actually nice, most of them. Often <laughs> is. <laughs> He's helped me a lot. And um, other, other people there, they're quite uh, generous with their time and uh, their ideas. So that's what I would suggest. Well, thanks for the thanks for the plug for uh, Domain Roundtable. And um, so we've been talking with uh, Anthony Vancouvering from Names at Work. Uh, uh, Namesatwork.com is the URL, and uh, he also operates the Names at Work blog, which is uh, namesatwork.com forward slash blog. Uh, you can catch up on Anthony Vancouvering's blog. Uh, my name again is Jonathan Frakes, and I've been uh, a guest. Speaker here, uh, kind of hosting for, uh, you know, Monty Khan's got some uh, pretty big shoes to fill, but he contacted me and I was grateful for the opportunity, and here we are. Uh, the, uh, I'd encourage people to come to the Domain Roundtable coming up this April, and we, we may get an opportunity again to discuss that here on Domain Masters. Uh, thank you to everyone who's participated in the webcast or is downloading. This is one of the top downloaded files uh, as far as uh, webcasts and uh, pods on the internet and we're grateful to uh, to our guest Anthony Vancouvering and to the folks at webmasterradio.fm for uh, doing the great work back there at the, the production studio. Thanks, thanks Jonathan, and thanks Marcy. Thank you, Anthony. Take care. All right. And with that, we'll go ahead and sign off. And if there are questions, I'll be in the uh, IRC room for a few more minutes as follow-up. I'll also be uh, posting some URLs there and we'll be talking to you soon. Cheers to everyone, and uh, keep on domaining. This is a great industry, and we're all very glad to have you part of it. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.